Hey, John. Hi, Dan. How are you today? Chilling. Just, just relax. Just resting. Yeah, I'm just chilling till the next episode. Nice. Yeah, but here it is. Here's the next episode, so I don't have to chill anymore. No, you don't have to wait anymore. You've been you've been on hold. You've been frozen, and now you can thaw out and <laughs> come back to life. The other day, I was I was writing some music in the middle of the night, and I I turned the beats per minute way down on the drum machine from where I usually work. Mm-hmm. I usually work kind of just in that like. Oh right, pop. you're you said you're in the 120, and you turned it down to 70, and yeah. It was totally awesome. I was like, I was like, whoa, everything, all the music that was coming out of me was totally different. It was really fun. Do you, I should probably be asking your, uh, your friend, Jason Finn, this question, but I'll ask you since you're here. Um, (laughs) do, do you play the drums or have you ever played drums? Mm, So, there's a reason well, I ask. Here, you, you, you decide. Hang on just a second. All right. <laughs> I don't play them very well. But you, you've got a drum kit, obviously. I have a drum kit. Okay. Um... My son wants to learn to play drums. Uh-huh. And I want to ask you, would that be a monumental mistake to let him learn and, and potentially even get him a drum kit? Or is that something that like, is that, am I just begging for noise pollution for the rest of my life, for the next eight years or, or like, could I get him like an electric drum kit or is that blasphemous? I wouldn't get an electric drum kit. Although, I mean, some of the really good ones are super fun. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's it's possible depending on whether or not you're prepared to have the sound of of drums in your house. An electric drum kit might be might be a good idea. Like, if you learn on the electric drum kit, are you like a pariah after that? Is that like learning no, to play the accordion? They've made they've made those drum heads so that they respond, they feel and respond kind of like pretty good pretty good drums they're not just like big rubber plates anymore they have they have a good drum head feel uh you just put your headphones on and and play along i I could see that being uh being a good solution i think giving a kid a drum kit is a really good thing to do being able to play the drums there are a lot a lot of my a lot of the musicians that I feel like are the best equipped in uh-huh. my world started out as drummers. Really? Dave Bazan was a drummer in his church band. Uh, ben Gibbard started out as a drummer. Um, Will Johnson of Centromatic started out as a drummer, great drummer. And then, and then those guys, they moved to guitar or piano after they have that foundation in drums, Dave Grohl, perfect right. example. Right, great example. And so they understand how rock music is made. They, um, your, your buddy, uh, Don Henley. Don Henley, Phil Collins. Phil Collins, sure. Um, and um, like Karen Carpenter, great drummer. Really? Karen Carpenter's a phenomenal I drummer. I had no idea. 
and was the drummer of the Carpenters until her record company said, you know, you're a pretty gal. Why don't you get out in front there? Look at that. I had no idea. Oh, you, <laughs> wow. Watch, watch some videos of yeah, her I just playing go- the drums. Googled some images of her. That's crazy. Well, it's how did I not know her, that? That's great. Watching her play. That's like, that's very exciting. She's a, she's pretty inventive. Um, so it's a great, it's a great uh, thing to have in your life to be able to sit down at a drum kit and, um, you know, and to feel music that way. I think it's anytime you can give somebody the, the, uh, the gift of being able to play music, you're doing a, you're doing them a service. Not everybody wants to practice the piano, you know? Right. Um, and drums are not melodic. So you don't have to, you don't have to think that way. You can think in a different way. Like playing the drums is, is a, to have a real bodily connection to music. You understand polyrhythms and you, uh, you learn all those different times and you get that independence of motion of your limbs and all that stuff is magical. You know, when, when you each level you, you get, and when you're learning the, an instrument, you know, you reach these plateaus and you're like, yeah, now I can do this thing. And then you're kind of, you're there for a while and then you bump up to the next level. And, but it's, it's, um, it's bottled. It's there. It's in your body, but it's also it's very sort of in your mind what you're going to do with this and who you're going to play with and what you're able to play. And a lot of times you're playing other people's songs, and a lot of times you're figuring out. You, you recognize like you 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 want to learn to write songs, or there's so, there's all this other stuff to do. And and with drumming, you have all that too. But at each level, like your whole body is more engaged once you get so that you can keep a beat. It's like, wow, you didn't know your, you didn't know your, um, you could, you didn't know your body could do this and you, and you feel there's something very spiritual about it. I don't, I don't, I'm not a very good drummer at all. Um, but I have learned to appreciate great drumming and it's one of the I think one of the most amazing things that that people can do oh yeah but it's not a you know there are an awful lot of drum kits piled up in the corners of people's basements because (laughs) because like anything it requires practice you have to want to do it yeah is he interested in it yeah, I mean, he he's, he's an interest? yeah, he's asked for about it a number of times, and you know, he's there's a lot of things he's asked about and wants, and that when he gets, he does. He's very excited for a few days, and then never uses again. So I'm very hesitant to get something, especially as big as like a drum kit. I don't even know where uh-huh. the hell I'd put it. Uh huh. But you know, uh-huh. I wanted to know if it was if that was even something that. Like I should even cons- remotely consider that. Uh huh. I think you absolutely should. Because like, if he wanted to learn guitar, which he has no interest in whatsoever, obviously he could have had one of mine. But you know, I you can you can have a tiny little practice amp, or you can even get one of those little headphone amps. You know, and then I don't have to hear it. 
But like with drums, like you're, you're going to hear it. Your neighbors are going to hear it. And then that's a whole thing. I mean, yeah. I don't, I don't have a compound yet where I can just do whatever I want. Cause I have a hundred acres on every side that, you know, I'm not there yet. We would like to thank Beachbody On Demand. This is an easy-to-use streaming service that gives you instant access to a ton of super effective workouts you can do from the comfort of your own home 24-7. This is the company behind P90X, 21 Day Fix, T25, uh, Hip Hop Abs, I'm sure you heard of that. There's a three-week yoga retreat. These are all things you can do wherever you are. You can use your computer your smart TV, your Apple TV, uh, your tablet, your phone. You can take, this is what I do when I'm traveling or I go on a trip or something like that and I want to get a good workout. But guess what? I don't need to worry, oh, does the hotel have a gym? Is the gym any good? Is there anything? No. I need to worry about getting, you know, MRSA down in the gym. I just do this. They have the best trainers. They have the best programs, hundreds of workouts for all fitness levels. No matter if you're just starting or you've been training for years, you know, I've been powerlifting for years. I still get a great workout from these things. They've got bodybuilding, weight training, cardio, hit, yoga, they even have dance workouts. They have workouts that my little kids like to do with me. Like, it's just awesome. And it's all on your schedule. And you can start with something as short as 10 minutes and they don't require extra equipment. In the time it takes you to drive and park at a gym, you could already be done working out. And like I said, you can get these on anything, Apple TV, Chromecast, Roku, tablet, smartphone, just on your computer, whatever you want to do. There's over a million people who are currently using Beachbody On Demand. I'm one of them. You could be one of them. And these are great workouts. Um, you, you need to check these out. So here's what you need to do. It's a little bit different. Usually you're used to me telling you to go to a website. That's not how this works. This is an old school company. They've been around for a long time. And the way that they have done this, the way they're opening this up is you're getting the entire platform, all the workouts, all the nutrition information, all the support, totally free, the whole thing. But here's what you do. You text the word roadwork, one word, no spaces, roadwork. You text to 303030330. You're going to say, that's not even a phone number, Dan. I know it's not a phone number. I don't know what it is. It's some kind of text thing, but it works. You text 303030 uh, and the word road work to that 303030 and you'll get this special free trial membership during which time, like I said, you have access to the entire platform. It's great. You need to get in better shape. You know it. So go check this out. Thanks very much to Beachbody On Demand for making this show possible. Yeah. I mean, uh, and drumming is definitely not a thing you want to do at one o'clock in the morning if you have neighbors, but, but, um, it's part of, I mean, it's, it's part of having a kid that at some point they're going to, they're going to make a bunch of noise. I don't know. There's, there's, and there's so much noise already. And with uh-huh. the two of them that I don't even like the idea of giving here's a way to make a lot of noise like noise like you've never heard before here here's something i'm gonna put it's gonna take up half the room and guess what it's just about making noise all the time and since i spent money on it you better damn well use it yeah yeah go 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 yeah i i i 
like like so many things, you want to be better than you want to be better than you are right away. And every kid doesn't. No, nobody wants to get a twenty five dollar acoustic guitar and start learning the guitar. No, it's the worst. Everybody wants to get a full Marshall stack <laughs> and a Les right, Paul, right? And plug it in and just be like, bang. Um, my sister's a great example. She saved and saved and saved her money to buy um, a brand new Roland Juno 106 in 1982 because she wanted to be like Nick Rhodes in Duran Duran and she didn't know how to play the piano and she wasn't interested in learning to play the piano. She bought herself a professional synthesizer um, but then she plugged it in. She she bonked it three or four times. She didn't know how to play it, and mm-hmm. it just sat in the closet until I until I went and uh, claimed it. Right, claimed it. Right, but um, but you do have to start and show that you uh, show that you, ha- you have enough of an interest to to justify a full drum kit. And if you got him like an electronic kick snare hi hat and ride cymbal, um, and got a good enough one that it's not hard to use, but not like a not a super expensive one. Somewhere, some somewhere in the middle. Read some reviews. I know you like re- reading. Yeah, reviews. yeah, it's my favorite. Then it can sit in the corner. It's not gonna. It's not going to make a bunch of noise if he wants to put his headphones on and practice the drums and get good enough that he's like, I like this. I want to do this. Then he'll have he'll have put in the work to have earned a drum kit. Mm. And if he doesn't, then it's, you know, it's just another piece of exercise equipment in the corner that um, that whatever cost you a thousand bucks uh if I were you, I would go sit down at it and teach yourself how to play the drums. Anybody can do it. Playing the drums is is one of the great joys. And you can put on with if it was electronic, you could put on your favorite rock albums and rock out. Right. You could sit and play along with your favorite Steely Dan records. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I'll think about it. I'll let you know. Yeah. Yeah. Music. Mm-hmm. Music. Now, there's a certain points in time where my son will request a Long Winter's song or Long Winter's album. And, uh, and I always like that. It'll, it'll sort of come out of the blue. It has to be certain, like, maybe a rainy day or something. Like, I don't know what it is that like the conditions are just right that he'll want it. Like I can put, I could put a song or two on and he'll enjoy it. But there's times where he's like specifically in the mood to hear you sing and play. And then at the end, the song will end and be like, you know him, like you'd like do a show with him. He just likes, I think he likes the idea of it. He's ready to meet you. Yeah. I'm ready to meet him. Yeah. I, I, I did a thing I, 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 I never do. The other day, I sat and listened to Long Winter's albums. I don't know why. I don't know what 
provoked me. But I did. I sat and I kind of gave them all a gave them all a listen. It's interesting. What did you think after doing that? I mean, when was the last time you did that? I don't. I never do it. I mean, you've I never I, you've never listened to the album since you mastered them. Not intentionally. I. I mean, I'm in bars sometimes, and um, and they they're playing or. Um, uh, no. Otherwise, no. I avoid. I avoid hearing them. And what's funny is that a lot of the songs, songs evolve when you play them live. A lot of the songs, when I think of them, I think uh, of the like canonical version of them. And listening to them, listening to the recordings of them the other day, I realized, oh, these things that I think are canonical aren't even in the recording. These are things that just evolved early on in the way we play them. And 10 years, 15 years later, I think of it as the original version, Mm. but it's not, that's not how we played it on the record. Right, right, right. And often uh, what I was surprised about is that there, there are lots of parts that I'm a real stickler about for myself, just like as the, as we're playing the song, I'm like, got to make sure that I, you know, that I, land all these notes or, you know, hit these different parts. And when you listen to the actual recording, although it's in there, I did play it. That's not the sound of the song. You know, as I recorded it, I put in some finger picking parts. It's like, (laughs) but the real song as, as it sounds on the record is like, but when I'm playing it live, I'm always like, and I'm sure people come to the shows and they're like, why is he playing that? (laughs) Like you could just play the chords and it would set just like big open chords. It would sound like the recording. I'm, but I'm like all because at the time I felt like that was the part that the well, song, and how long ago was that the first long winners record we recorded in 2001 that's a that's a plenty of time you know that's the a person's first section of their life you know the person who bought that album or was given that album when they were born would be uh, voting now right you know, that's a while. Right. Um, it is a while. It is a while. And I, I mean, I can't help. But I don't know. You must take some pride in that, knowing that this thing that you were a part of that you made that long ago is still around and still in being enjoyed, hopefully enjoyed by people. I don't think a lot of us can say that, you know, as I think back on like something that, I made, I mean, obviously like I've written some dumb software that hopefully no one's still using The new stuff is better, but I don't really think there's anything that I made that's still around this much later. I mean, I mean, other than this show that we're doing, which, you know, people will be listening to for hundreds of years. Yes. Right. But you know, you did something that like people can put it on and like feel an emotion and have an experience like 
because of that thing that you did. That's pretty cool. It seems uh, cool. I mean, I listen to them and mostly my feeling is, oh, I wish that I knew then what I know now and I would go and I would re-record or I would, uh, I would mix that bass part higher. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like it's all, that's part, part of why, part of why well, I that's why they, you got to come out with the remastered uh, version of the albums. Well, it's, it would be different than remaster. It would be remixed and that would be a, boy, what I, I'm surprised given the popularity of director's cuts, mm-hmm. I'm surprised that more musicians who are, insane and like caught in an ego storm why they don't go back and remix their old albums you just don't hear about it that much um because you could remix an album and make it feel like a completely new work completely different record if you gave me the if if you gave me a week and a recording studio and the master tapes of when I pretend to fall, I could remix it in a way that my ears now, my whoever I am now, would think was way better than the than the mix we actually did at the time. I would think I was improving it. Now, would it, it and it wouldn't really. I mean, it'd be the same performances, but it would not sound at all like the album as released. I don't know why more musicians don't do that. They could be doing it. I mean, you could, uh, Trent Reznor could put out a remix of, of, uh, his own albums every year. Yeah. It just seems like, I guess most people are, are smart enough not to do it. But particularly if you were one of those home recording musicians who made your own album at home, like Bon Iver or something, what keeps him from going back in and, and still working on that album. I mean, I don't, I don't know. I have a mental illness, <laughs> but no, I don't. I, it's hard for me to listen to music around the house because, and not not my own music, but any music, because I fall down into it too far. You know, I I I don't think about other things. I think about the choices that those musicians made, the songwriting, and the parts and the recordings and it's all really interesting to me like it's super fun it's like the best kind of daydream to sit and imagine to take apart songs and listen to them and listen to all the little parts and reimagine them or or marvel at them but it's not passive i can't put the music on and just do the dishes and get on with my life it's listening to music is way too active for me so I can't really do it. I mean, I, it's stupid to say, or it's, it seems weird to say. I can't really listen to music that often because it's too engaging. Um, like you wouldn't be able to focus on something else? I can't at all focus on something else. I, listening to music is fine in the car because driving takes just a small portion of your lizard brain that music doesn't steal from, you know, like you can keep your reaction times and your, and your situational awareness at a pretty high level and also be thinking pretty deeply about music. They're just, they don't overlap, 
But anything else, anything I'd be doing around the house, any kind of puttering, for me, for me, that puttering is also pretty imaginative. Like if I'm screwing around with something, moving belt buckles around or, or sorting guitar picks or whatever, like that's, that is also engaging me creatively, I guess, Mm -hmm. the same way that listening to music is. So, so really the only, the only time that I have music playing is when I'm going to just sit and focus out, focus on it. And I think that's what I like about the fact that music is on YouTube now, because if you're playing a song on YouTube, it's also taking your computer away. You can't sit and at least I haven't figured out how to sit and browse your computer while also listening yeah, just open to a music. New, just open a new window or a new, new tab. Yeah, I suppose I could do that. Not a big know. thing. Seems kind of complicated. Yeah, just command N. Yeah, command N. Yeah. Well, that's uh, seems like that's kind of a learning curve. Yeah, there's a lot to that. I, I don't want to mess, mess around with it right you now. You don't want to break it. No, right. Well, that's exactly right. 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 No that's one could danger. fix it then if you. The danger is I would break it and then nothing would work. Right. But I, but I do like that. You know, I like to sit and kind of put something on YouTube and sort of, I don't want to watch the video, but I'll just like listen to it on my phone and be, yeah, yeah, yeah. Spend, spend some time with the thing. <coughs> but I don't, I don't want to listen to my own music for that reason mm-hmm. because I can't, I'm not going to enjoy it. I'm either going to take it apart and wish I had done it differently. Or, I mean, the best case scenario is like to go, wow, huh? That's cooler than I thought. But that's not the same as liking it. Yeah. That's feeling like, for me at least, like, oh, that's cooler than I thought, than I thought suggests immediately the next thought, which is, I wish the rest of it was that cool. <laughs> or, you know, that it barely makes up for the fact that these other things are not as cool as I thought. That all sound, I, I, I sound like a downer, I feel like, a lot of the time. I don't think I'm that much of a downer. Just this is just all, it just all feels, these reactions just feel normal to me, you know, like not. To what, to uh, look back on something that you did and think that's, you would do it better now. I think that's very normal. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's everything I ever think about that happened yesterday and before. Yeah. Right. From age zero to 20 minutes ago and even maybe including 20 minutes ago. That you would do it differently if of you had it to do over and that it would be better. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I already feel like this about the first 15 minutes of this show. If I had to do yeah, it again, it would be better. I feel like that about even this moment in the show. Right. Exactly. I think that's normal. I, I sounds like a downer when you say it out loud. 
but I think everyone's doing that. I mean, there's some things you got to look back on and think, you know what? I, I tried hard and I did the best that I could at the time. And here's how the thing turned out. And that that's it. That's all you can do. You know, you make the best decisions that you can. My mom would always, would always say, still says that to me. And it's like, well, that wasn't that good, but you know, I was doing the best that I could. Yeah. And I'm like, mom, choices. you did great. You did awesome. She's like, well, I tried. I'm like, no, you did great. Well, you know, and I think that's how we all feel. You know, like someone else can listen to your, your song and say, what a great song. Like it, it hits, it hits all the points that the song needs to hit. And you're like, oh, I should have done this thing with the bass and like this other thing isn't right and I wouldn't have sang it that way and the mix is wrong and oh, I can't even listen to it. And other people are like, we played that at our wedding. Right. You know, and like, so I think I, 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 but I think it's normal, but I think that's what pushes us to try to be better in the present, in the now, right? Like thinking, well, I don't, I don't want to screw up like I did on that thing. And of course we're going to again, but you know, our lives are really short. That's the other thing. You know, like we really don't live that long. If you think about it, the the oldest people who have lived barely were barely alive. And, and that's why human beings suck so much and why we repeat history over and over again is because nobody's really around long enough to really get the benefit of experience. By the time you figure something out, you're too old to do that thing anymore. You just don't want to. It's time to say thank you very much to Casper. This is the sleep brand that started out by revolutionizing mattresses, and now they're still doing it, making more mattresses, but also, one night at a time, creating an exceptionally comfortable sleep experience. It's the whole thing. It's not just mattresses. So this is the thing. Their products, they're designed to mimic human curves, provide supportive comfort for all shapes and sizes, every kind of person, a little kid, a big kid, a grown-up, a big grown-up, doesn't matter. It's comfortable. They can have that. They can run with that. But this is what they do. They combine multiple supportive memory foams for a quality sleep surface with just right amounts of both sink and bounce. It has a breathable design, so you sleep cool. It helps you regulate your body temperature. And they now have two other mattresses in addition to the original. They have one called the Wave and the one called the Essential. Now, the Wave features a patent-pending premium support system that mirrors the natural shape of your body. And the Essential, it has a streamlined design at a price that, to be honest, like it's more affordable. It's not going to keep you up at night. Get it? Now, they also offer a bunch of other products. They've got pillows. They've got sheets. Their goal is to ensure an overall better sleep experience, all designed, developed, and assembled right here in the United States. And the reason that they're so affordable is because they cut out the middleman and they sell directly to the consumer. They've got a 100-night risk-free sleep-on-it trial. How awesome is that? That means you get it in your house and you can sleep on it for a 100 nights. And if at any point you're like, this isn't right, they come and take it away. It's pretty awesome. The unboxing experience is so nice. You open it and it it breathes in and it expands because it comes shipped in this tiny little box. You're like, how is a mattress in there? But there is a mattress in there. So go check this out. Where? Casper.com 
slash roadwork. Just going to casper.com slash roadwork supports this program, but you will get $50 towards select mattresses by going to casper.com slash roadwork and using the promo code roadwork at checkout. Now, terms and conditions apply. Whatever that means, I have to say it, but that's what you do. Casper.com slash roadwork. Promo code roadwork gets you $50 towards select mattresses. We sure do appreciate the support of Casper, and uh, I think you'll appreciate their comfort. Go check them out. What are the things that you think you're good at? I mean, professionally or personally? Personally. Like, what, what, are you, what, what are you good at? I'm very good at not wasting time doing stuff that's not going to lead to some kind of happiness. Hmm. Good at not wasting time. At, at something that will, yeah. Uh-huh. That doesn't mean I focus on like being a hundred percent efficient all the time. What I mean is I used to do stuff that like I would get very excited about something. So if I, let's say I was talking to, to somebody, Oh, I got an idea. We should go do this. I'm like, yeah, we should go do that. I, like I'll be, I'll do that. And then I'd be like, it'd be a couple days later and I'd be like, Oh, why did I ever commit to that thing? Why did I say I was going to do that? And then I'd be driving to it. And I'm like, why, why am I doing this? I get there and I'd be like, oh, this is really dumb. I didn't think through any of these stupid details. And I'm so like, well, know, I'm never going to do that again. Yeah. Now I'm very good about how to, how to not waste time on things that, that, that uh, don't lead to happiness. What else are you good at? Personally, um, I think I'm, uh, my, well, the thing I'm most proud of is that I, I think I'm a pretty good parent. And that's the thing that I try the hardest at and, and I hope I'm doing a good job of it because it's really easy to screw kids up speaking from experience and I'm trying to not hard to not do that. Yeah. Um, so that's the main thing that, uh, that I'm, you know, but that doesn't quali- qualify into really like a skill. I don't think, but you know, I, I can look back on the decisions that I've made over the course of my life that I once thought were like really smart decisions that now looking back, like, no, that was dumb. But, you know, you've got to learn it. You got to figure it out. Like, I've, I've fortunately never done something that was so bad that there was no coming back from it. But I don't know. You know, like, I don't... um I don't, I don't really, I'm at the point now where a lot of what I prioritize isn't, isn't so much for me as this, like for family stuff. And so I've tried to get really good at that, you know, like helping, helping my kids. Cause I don't really, I guess there's different approaches to parenthood, you know, like I always feel like I'm more of a, like I set, I set rules and I enforce the rules but outside of whatever those rules are, and there aren't that many, but outside of whatever those are, I try to think of myself as more like my kids are on a journey and I just, I'm just there if they are right about to fall off the edge of the cliff that would be certain death that I'll just grab them by the collar and pull them back up, you know? Um, but I'm not afraid to like let them fail. I'm not afraid to let them try something and, and, potentially be awesome at it or suck at it. And I think when it comes to how I'm, I'm, you know, involved with my kids, that's the thing that I think I'm probably best at on a personal level. 
Are your kids like you? Mm. <sighs> yes and no. Um, they're so different than me in so many ways. Um, like my daughter is the most girly girl I, I've ever seen. Um, as far as like things we have in common, there's like, we have almost nothing in common. Um, you know, and, and that's not because she's a girl and I'm not, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's not that it's, it's just like, she's completely from an, another planet. And, but you know, we get along great and we have lots of fun and I love playing with her and talking to her and she's incredibly artistic. And I love encouraging that. And she just loves to laugh and have fun. And that's, that's a joy. My son, I think is much more like me because our minds work in a very, very similar way. Uh, the way that he thinks, like I know exactly how he's feeling or how he, for with, with 95% accuracy, I know how he's going to act or what he's going to want or how he's going to feel in a given situation. And sure, of course he surprises me sometimes, but most of the time I really know with my daughter, I, I don't know. It's just a guess. But with my boy, like yeah, I know exact, and, and there'll be half the time my wife will get upset at him for something. I'll be like, what did you do that for? Why are you doing that? And I'll be like, oh, well, he just, this is what he thinks. And she'll be like, she'll ask him like, is that what you think? He'll be like, yeah. She's like, well, why couldn't, why didn't you tell me that? He's like, I didn't know how to put it into words. But uh-huh. they're both very, very good speakers. They're both, both very talkative. Um, I think uh, they're both very opinionated, which is certainly an aspect of, of me. Um, but they're also sort of ample. Like, it's like if you took certain parts of my personality and amplified them, that's what stands out to me in, in them a lot of the time. Um, but they're, I probably would need to ask other people who, who know them if they're like me. I feel like they are to some degree. Like your daughter to me seems just like a clone of you. Like she seems exactly like you just younger and smaller and female. Otherwise she's just, just John Roderick. And that's yeah, a compliment. She, I mean, she's, she's got a really different personality than I do. Does she? She just seems the same. Well, she's, she's, well, the thing very, is, very, like, very creative, very outspoken, very strong opinions great sense of humor, uh, immediate distrust of all kinds of authority. She's um, extroverted though. She like, she never gets tired of other people. Really? She's just all, she just thrives on human beings. And I think her life will be easier. As, yeah, right, that. right. Right, uh, because that's something that that you have struggled with and do struggle with. Yeah, we we have a lot of the we have a lot of similarities. We have a lot of uh, shared interests and talents, but she likes people and wants to be with them. Um, and I've seen that be a uh, be a burden on people 
because if you really, really, really crave other people, you're kind of enslaved to them. You don't, I mean, this is one of the things that solitary people lay claim to is that we're free of that compulsion Mm -hmm. to be with others, which feels like liberty. Um, but there are an awful lot of people in the world. It seems easier to be with other people than it seems like if, if you're gratified by being with other people that you will be more easily gratified than right. someone like me who wants to be alone. Cause like <laughs> literally everywhere you look and everywhere you go, there's a thousand people looking at you. Right. Right. But yeah, I mean, I, I, when I look at her and think of her, I think of us as, as, being very different. Her experiences of the world are different. Um, but also a lot of who I am, I mean, we, we think about like who we are and this is, this is part of this experience I was having in our last episode of talking about these letters I've been reading that my mom saved. So much of who we are is just established the day we're born. I mean, you've seen it mm-hmm. raising a kid. Mm-hmm. You're just like, oh, well, this kid is one and a half and there's all this personality. Oh, here my God. They- my kids were are the, the exactly who they are the day they were born there. They're exactly that still today. Right. They're right. just smarter and bigger and older and talk more. But like that personality, the core of who they are. I remember we got a um, you know, an ultrasound uh, of my boy. And, um, and then the tech nurse tech, uh, that was doing it just kind of laughed. I said, what are you laughing at? She's like, oh, you're going to have your hands full with this one. I'm like, what are you talking about? She's like, I can just, I can just tell by the way, what he's doing in here. Yeah. I'm like, what, what can you tell? She's like, oh, you'll see. And I'm, and I wish I could go back to her today and be like, you were damn right. How did you know that? But like from the minute they're born, yeah. they are who they are. They are the way that they are, you know? It's astonishing. Uh, you know, so much of what we, uh, in our national conversation, in arguing about gender and politics and and what we supposedly teach our kids and what we, uh, you know, the culture that we supposedly perpetuate through all these systems, it's just like, man, all you have to do is raise a kid, let alone more than a kid. And see, like, they're just who they fucking are from day one. And you can try and teach them, but you're, you're going to be, you're struggling, you know, to teach anything other than expectations, you know, and even that just barely, but, but at the same time and by the same token, so much of who I am now, so this, there's all this argument, right, about kids, well, there's nature versus nurture, but also like everything that you learn before you're five years old, that's who you are and all mm-hmm. this stuff. Yeah. And as you and I have, have seen, like the stuff that they supposedly learn before they're five isn't anything. They just are. Right. But also a huge part of who I am and who I think we all are is a product of high school. Like you learn so much about who you're going to be, how you interact with others, 
who your friends are, what sex is like, um, like between the ages of, of 13 and 17, the stuff that I was learning in sixth grade and seventh grade and eighth grade, it's all interesting. You know, I remember those years. I remember the things I remember the challenges, but nothing like being 15 and how important being 15 is and how, and in, in, and most of the things you're learning then you're learning from your peers. For me, I don't think I would have, I I don't think anybody would have described me as solitary or depressed Mm -hmm. or, um, until after high school. And all the signs were there, but, but prior to that, you're just a kid. You know, I don't look at any of my daughter's friends and say like, that kid's depressed. You know, they're not, it's just not what, I mean, there are kids that are dark and kids that are, that are bright, uh, but not, it's not clear that like that broody little girl is going to end up being a broody grown up, Right. Um, because I was just pretty like cheery, happy go lucky kid. Um, right. It's like that time period is like you learn how to feel things in the world. You're talking about high school. Yeah. Well, yeah, so much of it. So, I mean, if you think back to high school, if, I mean, just imagining like going to a different high school in my same town, how different my life would be now. Super different. And I don't know if I could say the same thing about going to a different grade school. If I'd gone to a different grade school, like would life be different? Sure. Maybe. I mean, it would be different if you cross the street one minute before you, you end up doing, but but if I had just gone to a, the the next high school over, I think I think the choices that I made, the the life I ended up leading, might have been completely other. So we don't give enough we don't give enough uh, weight, I don't think, to that I guess last stage of childhood development. And when I look at my kid, I'm like, okay, you know, we've got six more years of just pretty much like happy go lucky bumbling along. We got to learn math. We've got to, you know, get some experience under our belt, learn to swim, go on some trips. Um, it's very important that you learn how to throw a Frisbee should not get into adulthood or even into high school without being able to, to effectively throw a Frisbee and catch a Frisbee and not look like a dork doing it if you're 16 years old and you have not learned to throw a frisbee you should immediately set about like pause pause the show and and go get one kind of thing studying that art that's right is there a frisbee that you would recommend that people get that they could get like same day delivery from amazon prime to go and do it well yeah you should get the frisbee the frisbee i mean you should get the 175 um the 175 don't mess around with um, with like imitations or whatever. There's there is the standard 
just the whammo whammo frisbee 175 you can get it in any any color you want you can get them they glow in the dark you can get a do all kind, but don't get a cheapo one don't get one that's like crapola okay do they need a like a glow glow in the dark one i mean the glow in the dark ones are hilarious i you play I've a never, night just fine with that i've never actually like had a glow in the dark frisbee that um where it felt like yeah, the fact that this one glows in the dark is really making a difference to our game. Mm-hmm. I think it's much more the case that you go, haha, this is it glows in the dark, but it's not. Not a good glow in the dark one when I was a kid. Did, and and did it feel did it feel like it was a important part of the I mean I liked thing, it. I liked it, just, it better. But then I, I, there was a neighborhood dog that used to be able to catch the frisbee. You could oh, throw it, and nice. it would get, catch it, and run back with it, and and that, uh, that became the frisbee that we used with the dog. That's nice, isn't that nice? Yeah. God, but imagine yeah, I mean, that they would put their whole soul into that. They ne- and he never missed. He never missed it. You could try to make him miss. It. He never missed it. Did he have a bandana around his neck? Yeah, a little bandana. I called him Bandit. Yeah, that's nice. Bandit. Yeah. Of course, his name was Bandit. Yeah. So I don't care if you can throw a, f- a football. Um, I'll put in with you if you know how to throw a rugby ball. That's like <laughs> throwing a rugby ball is like it's like dancing with a broomstick. Um, you know, you should be able to throw a baseball kind of somewhat competently and not and not like fail at it. But for the love of God, if you're living in the modern world, you should be able to competently throw a frisbee and it's you know it takes a little bit of work but it's it's very important so that's something that that my daughter needs to learn she's not really i'm sure there are kids her age that can throw a frisbee i haven't started working on her with it um or working on it with her but you know we've got we've got six more years where this is the stuff that we're worried about and then there's going to come a moment when all of a sudden we are not worried about this stuff anymore. And I think that moment's kind of much more on your horizon with your boy than yeah. it is with me yet. And I want to be ready for it, but also there's only so much you can do about it. But, you know, I think a big part of the job is like get her situated so that when that wave crashes over her, she's got a she's got a strong foundation, at least enough to keep her feet on the ground. Um, that's something that I did definitely had, even though I was tossed and turned pretty badly. Mm-hmm. You know, I had a I had a very strong core that came from my folks. And I watched kids get buffeted who didn't have that support. But also you see a lot of kids that are rooted in some fixed ideas that don't get buffeted, but they also don't live very well. They don't have, they don't transform because their parents like screwed them down too tight. And they live the rest of their lives kind of unimaginatively because all of the options, they they didn't, they weren't given any options Mm -hmm. because there was so much fear about 
what was going to happen to them at 14 that they you know they got locked away or they they got some ideology drilled into their heads that they spent the rest of their life having to fight you know how do you do that how do you give your kid the freedom to stretch out and become a fully fledged human being without staying up all night in a straight up panic about what they what they're doing who they are where they are <laughs> right <laughs> I don't know. That's, I guess what you have to do is stay up all night in a panic. That's the, that's your only option. Can't handcuff them to their bed. You know, when I think about like what I'm good at, I think I learned, I learned how to be with people the hard way over time. And and a big part of it was that I learned how to interview people. Interview in, in the context of having a conversation. Mm-hmm. And it, it isn't evident. Like on this show, you act as the interviewer, but in most social situations, what I do is ask questions of other people. Right. And we, we almost never do that here. That's, almost never our dynamic um, because it's just kind of not the premise of this show, but it's what I mostly do. I meet somebody and I say, what's your story? What do you think of this? Right. What were you thinking about when, when I saw you do this? Like, Oh, what does that mean? Well, what is that? You know, just, um, and, and doing it effectively because, because I'm interested I'm not just, I'm not just doing it to pass the time and I'm not just building up information on a person. Like I'm not building a dossier. Like I'm interested in, in their answers and, and I've got some kind of framework to put those answers into. But that's a thing I learned. I, I remember watching my dad hold court in a room full of people. And when I was younger, I held court also. Um, like I'm holding court on this show. But the thing about my dad was he was extremely charming and could hold court and make a group of people laugh and everybody was happy to just sort of stand in a semicircle while he... (laughs) Right, to be entertained. Yeah, he entertained them and told stories and made each one of them feel valuable and I learned that from him. But I... I also, I think from my mom, learned a little bit of self-consciousness about holding court for too long. Right. And I realized that there was a way to turn that focus on other people. And because the thing is, if you sit and talk to somebody and ask them questions about themselves, ugh, they will never ask you about yourself. That 99% of all people they just want to talk about themselves only. Yeah. That, well, the, the thing is they don't, I guess they don't get a chance to or something, but, but what they don't have is the ability, the, the skill or the, um, you, you want to think that it's grace, but it isn't because there are plenty. Uh, most people are plenty graceful. They just don't know what to say. And if someone like me asks them specific questions about themselves, they're you know, they're very, they're very pleased to talk and someone's interested in them. They don't know how to 
hold a conversation, which is to say that then they say, what about you? Like so few people even make that tiny little effort. But at some point, really pretty far back in my life, I realized I didn't care. I have to know. I don't need to tell them about me. It's not, I'm not sitting here trying to decide whether this person is going to be my life partner or not. I'm just at a party or I'm at a, I'm sharing a bus ride or I'm spending some time with another person. And if they want to talk about themselves the entire time, that's wonderful. I got no, I got no beef with that because I guess because I feel seen in my life. I don't, I don't, and I, the reason I bring this up is I talk to people all the time who are frustrated by uh, being in conversation with someone and that person didn't ask them about themselves at all. Like they, they notice it because they're learning to ask questions of other people and then they see how few people reciprocate. And that's frustrating. But, you know, you kind of have to abandon when you're interacting with other people, you have to abandon any expectations <laughs> that they're going to, that they're going to do anything. Oh yeah. Uh, other than like what they're going to do. But I think that's a thing when I, when I look at my life and I think, what am I good at? Like, what am I proud of myself about? Um, I can interact with other people in a way where, they walk away feeling good and known and I walk away feeling good and like the, like the experience was valuable. I, I never meet a person where I, where I feel like, well, that person's got nothing to offer. Like every person's interesting and I, I always walk away from encounters better off, even awful people. Hmm. I always feel better off. Why do you I think that is? Oh, it just seems like the um, seems like the only approach. I guess it's something I I taught myself. But the more you know, the more you know, right? And you meet somebody that's awful, and they are gross and lame. But like, I never feel, uh, and I and part of it is I don't feel overwhelmed, right? I never feel like. Other people don't endanger me. Um, like their ideas don't endanger me and their, uh, ideas that are, that are contradictory or, or are, um, oppositional mm -hmm. or, are, uh, like they don't, they don't threaten me, I guess, because I'm confident in my own ideas. So like somebody can say something fucking that I think is wrong, but I, I've, I've gradually have learned, like, I don't have to tell them that I don't have to tell them that they're wrong. That's not my responsibility. And I also don't, that their being wrong doesn't, negatively impact me really mm -hmm. in terms of like making me mad for the rest of the day or anything. And all that's learned. That's not stuff that I knew 
when I was 17. And, and it's not, I don't see a downside to it. You know how, how so many of the things that other people look at and say like, oh, well, you're really good at that. Like, oh, you, you know, you should be proud of this. And I'm like, my reaction is always like, well, yeah, but kind of like that's half-assed. And there's a lot of things to be discontented about. But I don't see a downside to that. Like that's a thing I'm genuinely proud of. And I don't, I don't feel like, oh, I could be better at conversation if I had just tried a little harder, if I just worked more at it. I, I feel pretty uncomplicated about being able to talk to anybody. I think it may be my, you know, my like major talent. 